Welcome, everybody, to the Kapow Radio Show Network, sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. My name is Polis. My co-host is Lindus. Today's date is... is July 11th, 2016. Okay, and today we're going to do something different. We're going to depart from our series on globalization or social masonry, as we've been calling it. Every week for the last four weeks, we've been talking about Illuminati documents and these Satanists and their global plan for one world dominance and all this stuff. But we're going to take a break today and give you something positive. We're going to give you a tool, something that is going to benefit the listener. Right. Yay. So today we're going to talk about what is behind the name of Jesus. What is behind the name of Jesus? We often as Christians use the name of Jesus in, a, in different ways. Sometimes it's, uh, in the name of Jesus, bless my food. Uh, help me sleep tonight in the name of Jesus. Help me find my lost car keys. In the name of Jesus, help me find my car keys. We use it, I don't want to say flippantly, but we don't really understand what's the power behind it. And or um, really what it means to use it. Because our Western mind doesn't think the way the ancient Jewish mind thinks or thought, right? So we're going to break this down. So our text is in the book of Acts, chapter 3, 1 through 13. That's going to be our text. And then we're going to break it down, the name of Jesus. Then we're going to talk about... At the end, we're going to compare some of the modern day ministries compared to the biblical account here and to show you the difference and how to determine what is biblical and what is not. And when we compare it, it'll be clear. All right. So, Ms. Capel? I'm going to read 1 through 13. Yes, ma'am. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's room was carried, and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. 
Okay, so there's a lot there, but we're going to break it down, but we're not going to reread the scripture as we break it down. So I would suggest at some point you read Acts chapter 3, 1 through 13 or more, but that's what we're talking about, 1 through 13. And so we're just going to break that down without going over it again. All right? So um, let's start with the name. The name, or in Greek, it's tu anoma, tu anoma, and that was a pious Jewish surrogate for God, and it connoted his divine presence and power. So here, in this portion of scripture, we have Peter invoking the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in connection with the crippled man's healing, all right? So we have that. It's pretty clear. He's walking up there. There's a man that's been placed there to beg. Uh, And and in those days, it was um, meritorious for people to give alms. Mm -hmm. So if you were seen giving alms, it was like, wow, you're a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know, meritorious. So Peter and John, they don't have any money. They don't have any silver, they don't have any gold. But what they have, they're going to give to him. And they're not going to charge him. It's free. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk grabs mm-hmm. his hand gets up and he's not only walking but he's leaping around and running into the temple with him that's what happened so we have to understand that in semitic thought a name a name does not just identify or distinguish a person like it does in our western thought like today this is what i want to break down it's hard to get our head around what That means the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What does that mean? I always say, you know, um, it's the character, like in the character of Jesus and the power of Jesus, you know, in the name. But what does that really mean? Because they understood it differently than we do. Okay, so how we understand it. Let's talk about how we understand it today. Western thought. My name is Paul. But that's just my identity. If you were to say Paul from the Kapow radio show, that would be distinguishing me from the other Pauls found in the phone book. Mm -hmm. But there is no power and there's no presence of me in that name of Paul. You can't invoke me as much as you would like to. You can't. But in Semitic thought, a name of a person expresses the very nature of of his being. Hence the power of the person is present and available in the name of the person. So you're like, well, how does that look like? And that's hard to explain how it looks like because we don't do that today with, with anybody, you know, biblically there's some examples of, of Jacob wrestling with the angel and he was telling him, tell me your name. I'm not going to let go until you tell me your name. Mm-hmm. An angel, why do you need to know my name? There's a reason why he wanted to know his name. It, it, it invoked that power and that presence mm-hmm. of that angelic being. We don't have that. You know, there's Bob down the street and Paul up the street. And you know, that's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So the best way I can try to, to explain it, to get our heads around that, is that we don't understand names in the ancient Semitic fashion like that but what we do understand in our western thought is titles offices symbolism 
you know, in the same way. So let me give you an example. You ready for an example? You ready for a story? Mm-hmm. When I was a narcotics detective, serving a search warrant on a suspected drug dealer's home, I, with my team of other cops, would give what we call a knock and notice announcement at the door prior to forcing our way into the residence. All right? So I would knock real loud on the door and I would yell, Riverside Police, search warrant, open the door. So you see, it was not by my name. uh, It was not by my authority as Paul that I served that search warrant. Rather, it was by the whole judicial system of the federal, state, and local governmental laws. It was because I was acting within the capacity of a law enforcement officer that I had the authority of that name, Riverside Police. I had that authority to enter another person's residence to search it. So the name Riverside Police had the power behind it. And of course, if the suspect were to look out his window, he would see the team of officers lined up. And of course, it not only had the power, but it had the presence of the name with it. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So even though we don't use the personal names like that, we use the titles and symbolism offices for the power and the presence of something. So when you start thinking of it that way, when you say the name of Jesus, it starts making more sense. What's behind it? You have anything to add at that point? Okay. Here's another example. Say a police officer stops you for a traffic stop, traffic violation. And you look in your rearview mirror and he's wearing a uniform. He has a badge on his chest. He has a, Patches on his sleeves, two police patches. He's driving a black and white police vehicle. Lights are on. He's clearly a cop. He approaches your car. Now, he does not need to invoke the name of his authority because it's plain to see by the symbolism, his entire uh, attire. It's plain to see that he has the power and the presence of the local law behind him. See, so he doesn't need to say, um, by the power invested me of the state of Nevada, Clark County, I'm now, you know, detaining you in violation of Section 22450 or whatever. He doesn't need to do that. You just look at him and you know that he has that power behind it by the symbolism. So it's the same thing. He's invoking the name. It's not, you know, Bob the cop that's doing it. It's everything he's representing. Right. All right. So, you know, other examples could be like judges. You know, a judge is sentencing somebody or releasing somebody from parole or making these decisions. It's not that judge as a person. It's what they represent, the authority they have. Politicians. And I mean, you know, in a good sense, you know, senator or congressman, they, they have the authority. Anyone else title that has that authority or, you know, the power and the presence with it? The guy who comes and turns on and off your lights, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of a thing. So that does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's with the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's calling on his name is releasing the power of the entire throne of God 
of the universe along with his presence. And this is how we must see it and how we say it in faith. Yeah. And you just look at the name that is used here, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the name Jesus is Jehovah is salvation. And Christ means the anointed one or anointed. And Nazareth means uh, the guarded one. And a Nazarite is one that is separated unto the Lord, just like Samson was. And so when we look at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he is the salvation of God. He's separated unto God as our um, Savior. Excellent. And the Bible also says that there is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. He is it. He's it. So it's not just one name you can call upon. It's the only one. That's right. That invokes the power of Jehovah, Yah himself. Mm, that's right. Yeah, excellent. Okay, the, the, the second point in this little um, couple of verses that Ms. Kapow read is when Peter says, um, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Peter he doesn't ask, but he pronounces. He doesn't ask, but he pronounces. So here's here's a tool for you in case you happen to be an asker rather than a pronouncer. Okay? So Peter does not just ask our risen Lord to heal the man, but he pronounces over the man the name of Jesus. It comes with all the power, all the authority, all the presence of that name. By doing that, he thereby releases the power of Jesus. All right. Do you have Acts 410 mm-hmm. right there in front of you? It says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. So he just pronounces it. This is why he's standing here by the name of Jesus. It's not because I begged and conjoled and asked and all that other stuff. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. Okay. Bear with me here. I call this the Calvary Chapel Milky Week Prayer. And many of you know that we spent um, many years in the Calvary Chapel system and I don't know if they do this everywhere on, in the nation, but in Southern California, they uh, all talk the same. And it, it's a distinct way that they talk, you know, members of Calvary, and it's a distinct way they pray. Now, I'm not, I'm really trying not to make fun of them because I'm not saying they're not sincere or God doesn't hear prayers or anything like that. So I need to be careful here. I'm not saying, you know, oh, they're heretics and they don't pray right. I'm just, here's, here's how their little, here's how their prayer goes. And, and you may recognize it, you may not. They do something like this. Let's say a person comes up to them, they go, uh, uh, you know, Pastor, could you, could you, I have this splitting headache. I can't get rid of my migraines, you know, I have this headache. Would you, would you pray for me? And they do something like this. They go, they go, Lord, Lord, we just come to you, Lord, right now, Father. We just ask that you just, Lord, if, Lord, if it be you will, just, if you just take this headache away, Lord, if, Lord, if you're not busy and you don't have anything else to do, Lord, just just bless my brother, Lord. Take his head. Take take it away, Lord. We give you thanks for this. 
Jesus' name, amen. I know. You sound like Cartman. <laughs> I do sound like Cartman. That's how they say, nah. But that's how they, that's how they do it. Okay, Miss Capel, you know that you've laughed with me also when yeah. we've heard it because that's they they listen to each other. So they don't they don't they listen to each other. And this is how they pray, and it's kind of it's real milky, and so they just kind of ask, Lord, just. I'm just gonna, and they'll say Lord like over and over again or Father, Father over again. Father, just, you know, just take away his headache, Lord, if it be your will. That kind of stuff. Um, we even had uh, those, a beautiful man. He was an associate pastor. I really like this guy. Beautiful man. But um, he came one time, he was leading prayer and he was calling God Daddy. Oh. Remember this? And he goes, he goes, Daddy, it's a beautiful day, Daddy. We just love you, Daddy. Sit on your lap, Daddy. You know, and you're going, oh, man. <laughs> it's weird. So anyway, I got to be careful here. I'm not saying they're not sincere. I'm not saying God doesn't honor a prayer like that. Uh, but there, there's no there's no power behind it. There's no it's, it's there's no pronouncement. It's a, it's just an, a, a wish-washy kind of an asking thing, right? Uh, I'll give you another example. Um, here's another Calvary Chapel example. It doesn't have anything to do with Calvary Chapel. It has everything to do with this guy. But um, there was this man, and he was losing his hearing. And um, he wasn't quite deaf, but he was going deaf. He was losing his hearing. And I was talking to him. He was in the front row, and I was talking to him. And um, so as I was talking to him, I wanted to know if he, I could pray with him you know, over this. Because you know, at the time uh, that we were in, in the churches, we would do that. We'd pray for members and um cast out the demons of those 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 illnesses and things like that. At least we, we tried. <laughs> um, and uh, but this guy told me that he didn't want prayer. And he didn't he didn't he didn't want any of that because he felt that it was God who gave him this disease, this this deafness, mm-hmm. because he had a ministry with deaf people. And that if he wasn't going deaf, he would never be able to relate have, to them. Yeah, to relate to other deaf people and have this ministry. Now, folks, that's a bizarre doctrine. You're not going to be able to find it scripturally, mm-hmm. where God lays a disease on you so that you can just minister to other peoples with those disease. But I'm telling you, it is it is a common thing. We've heard it from several people. Yeah, we have that, that believe that. Um, both time they were from Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. Both times, so I don't know if they they're getting it from from something like that. I don't know, but it's, it's very unbiblical. It's bizarre. There's nothing you can do about a person like that. Mm-hmm. You can't pray for them. They don't want prayer. They think it's from God. So, so you just walk away. The other example is, was, is a woman. Her name is Cindy. Now I used to, uh, play with her husband. He was a guitarist, a very good guitarist. And apparently Cindy, his wife used to be a very good singer in the past and she sang very well used to sing for the Lord and sang in Christian groups and things like that and Miss Kapow and I were talking to her and we prayed for them over something I forgot what it was but we were ministering to them and praying with them and um, I believe she had really bad allergies Mm -hmm. she had lung problems um, that came on her 
And so she couldn't sing anymore, mm-hmm. even though she loved to sing and she, she believed that was her gift from God. Mm-hmm. She couldn't sing to God anymore because of her lungs. But as we talked to her, she believed that her illness was from God because he wanted to show her something in that. Mm-hmm. He took away her gift of singing so he could reveal something else to her. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. It was like 20. Yes. When we inquired, well, how long has it been? It'd been like 20 years. Yeah. So she was still waiting for an answer for God. Mm-hmm. 20 years later. That's, that's a bizarre doctrine to have. And I don't know where she got that. Um, but it's, it's certainly not biblical. Mm-mm. Right. Sad. So it's sad. So I, I don't say this to make fun of these people or to put them down. I'm using these as real life examples that we've experienced about asking but not pronouncing in the name of Jesus Christ. It would be like the example I gave serving a search warrant that I, I knocked on the door and I go, excuse me, Mr. Jack Dealing. My name is, my name is Eric Paulus. I got authority here and I want to search your hand. Would you do me a favor and just open your door, please? Shut the door in your face. Yeah, that's what you do. So you like say, hey, I'm telling you, I'm giving you like two minutes, open up this door or we're coming in. And that's what you do because you're pronouncing it, right? Um, how about the example of, of some of those people who actually do pronounce it mm-hmm. so, that you, so that you know the difference? Yeah, like Derek Prince, Win Worley. Look at those guys. You know, most of you people are familiar with those guys. If you're not, you know, look them up on YouTube. Um, you'll see how they pray and how they pronounce. I mean, I, I used to love Derek Prince, you know, because you'd have a bunch of people and he'd go, you know, he'd, he'd do a little simple prayer and then he would just put all the demons on notice mm-hmm. and he'd go in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm putting you on notice. One, two, three, boom, mm-hmm. you're out. And then it was war. But see the difference between Derek Prince and Warren Worley and people that know the authority that Christ has given them in his name by his name. Yeah. And those that are not knowledgeable of who Jesus is and what he's done for us on the cross. You're absolutely right. And hopefully this teaching today will make anybody out there who's not knowledgeable or doesn't have the confidence more confident. And then they'll go, oh, ah. that's how you do it. That's what I need to do. I have this headache or I have this problem or I have this issue. I'm going to take authority over the name of Jesus Christ over in his name. And now I understand what that name means, that I have nothing to do with it. I'm just, I'm just the vessel where it's coming through, mm-hmm. right? And that's a different, of course, the prime example of pronouncement is the actual story right here in chapter three of Peter and John. Mm-hmm. So it's biblical to pronounce. It's not biblical to beg and conjole and be weak need about it, you know, mm-hmm. right? Now, when I was looking up that the verses six and seven where Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give Give I thee, right? Mm-hmm. And that remind me of the scripture in Matthew 10 where Jesus says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. And the word freely means to give without a cause, to give undeservedly, give as a gift. 
So if you have the faith mm-hmm. and the power to believe for someone, then that's what you should do. And that's what they did. They yes. gave this man. That's a gift. And that's mm-hmm. what you should be doing to minister as the body of Christ mm-hmm. to those who are believing and non-believing. Right. And also when I saw this scripture, it it leaped out at me that um, when he was telling the, the the man, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the word rise up means to awaken, to rise up from sleep, from sitting or lying, from obscurity, you know, from your darkness, mm-hmm. from inactivity, from ruins, from being non-existent. How many of us feel so um, invisible sometimes, yeah. like a non-person, um, to awaken, to rise up from disease and from death, you know, the things that bind us, right? And then he says, to walk, which means to tread upon or to go over. And I found Psalm 45, 5, and it said, through thee, through God, we will push down our enemies, and through thy name, we will tread them under that rise up against us. And that goes with Luke ten nineteen, which says, Behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, the dunamis of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And remember, when where Jesus walked, he treaded upon the enemy and he has given you and me the same authority over the enemies of our soul. And now as we walk, we walk in newness of life, Romans 6, 4 says, walk in newness of life. And John five twenty four says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So this gentleman now is walking in new life mm-hmm. because of the power of Jesus Christ that raised him from what he was bound from. Yeah, raised him from death unto life. Mm-hmm. Was it just a physical healing? That was a spiritual healing. He's the bapti- bondage. He's, yeah, he's baptized in Christ. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Not water baptism, baptized in Christ. Amazing. Absolutely beautiful. So I hope that's getting through. You know, get, The listener, I hope you're getting your head around that. It, it, maybe most of you already know this stuff, but it's just a good refresher to understand what's behind that the power. Because Satan likes to lie to you. That's all he does. And so he wants to tell you, you don't, you don't have that authority. You don't have that. But you do. But it's not you. It doesn't come from you. It comes from the Father. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's yours to access because it comes from the Father. He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to use it because it does work. It really does. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen. Okay. The third heading, the third heading is the response of faith. All right? So we had talked about um we talked about the first heading was using the name of christ then we talked about the second don't ask but pronounce and now we're talking about the response of faith the response of faith okay in verse 16 will you read verse 16 um, Mm -hmm. again and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know yea the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And that's in context that when the crowd saw this lame guy walking and jumping and leaping and praising God, they were astonished. They, their jaws dropped. And they went, why? And they all ran up to Peter and John. 
And um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Peter basically says, why are you looking at us like it came from me or from our godliness? But it came from God. Right. And that's and this. So he starts his sermon. He starts a sermon here and he opens it up with that. So in verse 16, that's part of that. So what you 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 see here is that it is the power of Jesus coupled with the man's response of faith that affects the healing. It's the power of Jesus coupled with the man's faith that affects the healing. Mm -hmm. So Peter declares in his sermon in verse 16 that it is through Christ's name and the faith that comes through Jesus that the healing of the cripple beggar occurred. Mm-hmm. Right, Ms. Kabel? Yes, because Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I happen to like the scripture in Mark eleven twenty two where it says, Have faith in God. But if you actually look at that scripture, mm. it says, Have the faith of God. It's a difference between have faith in God and have the, the faith, faith of, of God. God. And in Romans 4.17 gives you um, um, a definition of God's faith where he says that God calls those things which be not as though they were. And so that's what we have to do as well. When God says something in his word, then that's, what, that's our declaration, regardless of what our circumstances tell us. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, um, I know I've shared many times with my own um, my own walk of faith where, um, you know, I was hearing voices. And they're not just thoughts. They're actual whispers in your head. And this was like many, many years ago. And, um, and I know that the Lord had healed me, but I was still hearing the voices. And he was showing me, um, he was teaching me um, a lesson in faith. And he says, who are you going to believe? The voices in your head? Or what I just told you that you're healed, and I said I chose I choose to believe you, and um, I think it was a duration of six months where I had to practice casting down these imaginations because they're not from God, mm-hmm. and as I did that, I realized with within months that the voices completely stopped because I chose to believe God, and um, and my recent illness with my stomach and my my colon and everything that was the same thing i had um um, many people pray for me and it was just um the one scripture in mark which says if you ask believing without doubt you shall have the things that you've asked for Mm -hmm. and so i stood on that scripture even though i was still sick you know and uh bleeding and even through that it was like god i choose to believe you I choose to believe you. And in my tears, I gave him praise and I gave him thanksgiving. I think, you know, I sacrificed um, praise and thanksgiving yeah. and, ch- and told him, I believe you. I don't believe what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling when I didn't feel well and, and all that. And, um, and by a miraculous gift from him, I received my healing. And I know that I am no special person, but I know that God is also one that honors his word. And he is faithful to keep his word. And all he asks you to do is to believe what his word says, regardless of what the circumstances say. Regardless of what the doctor says, mm-hmm. your head's telling you. Um, yeah, it's not what you think, it's what you know. Mm-hmm. And you have to know what the word is. 
what that and is. you have to know who God is. God, God is, is faithful. Mm-hmm. And um, and he came to give us salvation. And salvation isn't just when we die, we go to heaven. Salvation is eternal life now. Mm-hmm. And just like when the Hebrews had to conquer the land, we're conquering the same land, but in the spiritual sense. And so they had to fight giants. They had to fight enemies. But God had gone before them and had already given them victory. All they had to do was fight and believe God was there for them. And then they would conquer and be valiant and victorious in Christ. Yeah. Excellent. You know, you had had mentioned uh, about the faith of God. Mm -hmm. Instead of of believing in, you know, in God, but in the, having the faith of God. And, um, it reminded me of the, the scriptures about, well, uh, you say you believe in God. Whoop-de-doo. Mm-hmm. The devils believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big deal to go, well, I believe in God. I believe you can do that. It's the faith of God. Yeah, because faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So even the devils believe in God. They knew that he was the son of God. But what gives us the the edge is the faith that God has given us through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why we can hear the word of God and act on it because mm-hmm. he has given us that power. We can't do that on our own. No. But God gives us the power to um, enforce his word. That's why the devils believe that there's God. They believe they know he's Jesus, the son of God, but they have no power. They have, they have nothing in them to act, enact that word of God. Yes. They're doomed. It's just a belief. Exactly. I mean, they, it's a fact. People well, call it intellectual exists. knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have something greater. We have the very essence, the very life of God mm-hmm. living in us. The power, the authority to um, to enact the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's a real beautiful thing to understand. Mm-hmm. That how God gives each one of us a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. And like we've often discussed, you can't even come to salvation without, without that spark of faith. Mm-hmm. No one just wakes up one day and goes, "You know what? I'm tired of this. I think I'm gonna. Go. I think I'm gonna go choose a new religion. I'm gonna come to God and see what that's all about." Mm-mm. No one really does that. It's you're drawn. The spirit draws you. There's a spark of faith in you that has. There's a belief. So that's why some people can hear the gospel message and just like, bam, yeah, I believe. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Because it's the Holy Spirit giving witness to us. Mm-hmm. Ephesians um, 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. See, that faith is not of yourself. It's God's faith. Mm-hmm. And it is the gift of God. That's the gift God gives us, is his faith. That's a beautiful thing. So with this crippled guy in Acts, when... They locked eyes. I love that it says stared at him and he stared at him. Of course, the crippled guy is expecting a gift mm-hmm. of money, of alms. And Peter says, I don't have anything, but what I do have, I give to you. Mm-hmm. In fact, what Peter is saying when he says, look at us, he's saying, pay attention. Give mm-hmm. heed to what we have to say to you mm-hmm. because it's going to give you something that money cannot give you. Yes. And I imagine, I can't prove this. This is just what I'm imagining. When they locked eyes... And he stared at him intently because John was there, Peter was there, and then the guy. And they locked eyes and stared intently at each other. There was a there was an act of faith mm-hmm. that enacted in that man. Mm-hmm. So when Peter says, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth," you get up and walk and grabbed his hand. It was like he didn't 
the, the, the man didn't go, whoa, 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 and yank his hand back and go, what are you talking about? I was born crippled. I've been crippled for 40 years, man. What, you, what kind of nonsense is that? If you don't have any money, why are you playing with me? You know, he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Could have, but he didn't. There was something that said, okay. Mm-hmm. And even with Peter, because it says that Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, that word fastening means to look intently, to pay attention to this man. So to me, I believe that um, the gifts of the Spirit were in operation Yes, here. I do too. You know, there was discernment and, and the word of knowledge. Yes. And that's what Peter was able to look into the spiritual in this man's soul. Yes. He was looking through the eyes of God. Yeah, and he knew that it's like the, the spirit in Peter told him, I want to do a work here. Mm-hmm. Open your mouth. I'll give you the words to say. It's and That's why Peter could claim later on, I had nothing to do with this. Exactly. I had nothing to do with this, man. Does you think it's done by me or my own godliness? No, no, no. It's all the power of God. Exactly. This is what we've been trying to tell you folks. You know, uh, but I do. I just had a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. It was a supernatural thing. Amen. All right. Let's take a short commercial break, and then we're going to be back with our last part, the response. I'm sorry. We just did the response of faith. Uh-uh. Never um, our own power. Never our own power. Part four, never our own power. We will be right back. I just finished reading Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare written by Paul and Linda Villanueva, and I highly recommend it to all Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness radio listeners. This book is about saving your marriage from destruction. It is a true and vivid account about adultery, witchcraft, curses, spells, and evil spirits, all attempting to dismantle and annihilate lives. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. Ultimately, the book glorifies the transformational power of God through submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is a good thing. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com and Apple iBooks, FifthHookMedia.com. That is F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-Media.com. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle, and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. God bless you all. Okay, we have returned from Kapow Land, where it was very lonely for about a minute and a half. Wasn't it? It was kind of lonely out there. Very dark and cold. And they'll say, I know, that's mean, huh? I shouldn't be, I'm not making, well, I am making, I'm not really making fun, but it's just, I, come on, you know what I'm talking, there's got to be somebody out there listening who know what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's the Southern California thing, because I, I don't know, but they do. That's the uh, day, huh? Yeah, you're right. All the time. <laughs> and then, you know, they'd go around the room, like, you know, and playing the worship teams, and go around the room, and everybody take turn praying they would you know it was it's sweet you know and they were like oh, just bless the service tonight be willing someone get saved you know and then they'd get to me because I was baptized in the Holy Ghost Pentecostal and I'd go Lord in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I bind the enemy tonight <laughs> and that was the last time I I played yeah. so they just skip you 
Yeah. <laughs> it took me off the rotation. <laughs> I don't know why. Now I sit in the dungeon and talk, and talk to a pretend audience. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Number four, never our own power. Never our own power. Now, what we need to notice is that the healed man, it says he held on to Peter and John. Or something like that. Yes. That's what he did. He held on to Peter and John. The Greek, and I I hate to do this. I hate to pronounce Greek words or Hebrew words, man, because I really don't know what they're supposed to sound like. I know, but when you say with an accent, it sounds good. It sounds good. So (laughs) I know my good friend, Anthony Cummings. Oh, I know. He's listening. Now, Anthony is a scholar. He teaches Greek and he teaches Hebrew. See, he teaches people. He knows his stuff. Um, I don't. So, Anthony, don't be laughing. Don't be laughing. The Greek is, and I'm going to say it with an accent, krotontos. Ooh, it sounds delicious. Krotontos. Give me some krotontos <laughs> with some berry jelly to go, please. <laughs> krotontos. It derives from krateo. Krateo. <laughs> I, 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 now, you, now you sound like, what's his name? <laughs> um, uh, what is that actor, that little short guy? Oh, uh, Al Pacino. Uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> Hoo Give me some gratteo. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. His name is Gratteo. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> gratteo. So, you got Gratonos and my little friend Gratteo. I know. What happened? There goes the gospel. Everything's, everything's gone. Uh, it's the fun church, man. <laughs> It's the fun church. Okay, Krateo is used to describe a police arrest. What? And there's many scriptures in the New Testament, in Matthew and the other, and Mark, Luke, and the Gospels, Synoptic Gospels, where someone is seized by the policia. Krateo. So when it says that the healed man held on to John and Peter, guess what? The man was not going to let go of his healing. Amen. Amen. He was not going to let go. And we were talking about that earlier, Ms. Kapow, about how Satan comes and he steals the word because really what happened there is the word. Right. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the word goes out, see? Yep. He planted the seed. Yes. Christ is the logos. He's the word. It was all created through him. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk in the Now, if the man didn't believe, then that meant Satan had snatched the word from him. Immediately. Immediately it would have been gone. And then, say, the man, you know, later on, it's kind of like on stony ground, and then the sun comes up, some trials and tribulations, and hey, maybe I really not, maybe it was just... Oh, I feel that pain again. I, oh, yes. Oh, my ankles hurt. Yep. My ankles hurt. And then, you know, his friends start talking to him, you were born that way. I mean, mm-hmm. how could how could you possibly be walking right now? It's not possible. Yeah. Maybe it's hypnosis. Mm-hmm psychosomatic reaction you're hallucinating you were on drugs yeah you Jesus wanted it to you, you yeah. wanted to believe and so then he then satan steals it right mm. so um you know or you know it's it the seeds on that that, that thorny it's soil but then the yep. thorns grow up and the world chokes it mm-hmm. you know the doctors come and look at him going ah oh, if i you know you need to rest nah you know but it says here he held on to him 
He, was he received a, the word. Yes. He received it, and then his fruit multiplied. Yes. He arrested it. It's not going anywhere. He held on to it. That's a lesson within itself. Yep. So the man was not going to let go of his healing. Also, also notice that the word says the people came running to them. They came running to them. And they were going, babble, 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 babble. That's the way ancient Jewish people talk when they mm-hmm. were running in the Bible. Um, and they were running to them, and they were, were astonished. Mm-hmm. They were just like, what? Because they knew this guy. He mm-hmm. sat in front of the gate all the time. He was a beggar. He was born that way. Later on, we find out he was 40 years old. Yeah. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. So they were astonished. So them running to other humans being astonished you need to know that this is a typical human reaction to the miraculous Mm -hmm. people want to run to the humans who performed the miracle Mm -hmm. this is typical and later on we're going to talk about some of these deliverance ministries and stuff that are abusing this in my opinion our opinion well they are they're abusing this stuff for money because they are playing on this human reaction that people are going to run to you when you do something great. Mm-hmm. Plus they're pointing to themselves that they're the ones that are doing the deliverance. Yes. That they're the ones that are doing the, the, the miracles. Yes. Instead of pointing to Christ. And that's not. Instead of doing like Peter says, why are you looking at us? Mm-hmm. Like, like if this was our power or this comes from our godliness. This yeah. is God. Exactly. exactly. And it's only to glorify Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not God just because. It has a specific purpose to glorify Jesus so that gospel could be get, in, get out. Because right. when Jesus was here, <clears throat> he did everything to please the Father. Yes. Everything he saw the Father do, he did. All the commandments that God the Father gave him, Jesus performed. Yes. And everything he did was to give God the Father the glory. Now, we have that authority from the Lord Jesus, and everything should point to Jesus to give him glory which gives God the glory. Yes. And Jesus is God. Yes. There's nowhere in the biblical economy for our own glory. No. For our own not benefit. At all. Nowhere. It, so when you see that, it's totally unbiblical. You know that right from, I don't care how much you like the person, how much you like their ministry. Well, they're good guys. They do this. They do leave a lot of people to the Lord. They like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard all that stuff. But if they're pointing to themselves, it's not biblical. Mm-mm. It just isn't. So, it's a typical human reaction. You want to run to these guys, right? You want to make leaders of them, right? But instead of elevating themselves, instead of taking credit or bilking the people out of money, the apostles used humility. Mm-hmm. They were humble about it because they knew they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Because without Christ, we can do nothing. Yes. Can't do anything. Mm -mm. So Peter begins his sermon. So now begins this like little sermon because all the people come running to them and they're going, they're just astonished and they're staring at him like these guys are some kind of gods, right? You know, unfortunately today we have too many preachers, pastors, ministers, podcasters, YouTubers, you name it. Everybody, you can just hang a shingle out and say, I'm a minister. Call yourself a pastor. You can call yourself whatever you want. I'm a bishop. Mm-hmm. I'm a prophet. And it, we have too many of these people who elevate themselves as prophets. 
as scholars and this and that, and they're elevating themselves, and people run to them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Too bad we don't have more of the Peters. Mm-hmm. This humility. It says he begins his sermon first off by denying that it was through their own power or godliness that the man was healed. Right off the bat, he says, don't even look at us. Mm-hmm. Deny self. Yes. Has nothing to do with us. Rather, he says, it was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who brought the healing that glorified Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Peter says. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, if you can get that ready, you can read that. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter has already spoken of God being the author of Jesus's miracles. I know we don't think that way oftentimes, but but the miracles that Jesus were, was performing was through God. And so here he attributes this great miracle to God also. And just as Jesus's miracles were done by God to accredit Jesus before the people, so this miracle and other miracles continue to be done through the apostles in order for God to glorify Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And then that's where it ends. It's There's not another step where now after the apostles, we come along and do miracles through the power of God to then glorify us or to make money. Mm-hmm. That's not part of it. That's not part of the plan. So you want to read um, 2.22? It says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. A man of miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did in the midst of you. So he has already attributed those miracles that Jesus did to God. Mm-hmm. And now when they're looking at him in awe, he's saying, don't look at me. It was God to glorify the risen Savior. And then he tells them about it. Right? Right. Do you have anything else to add on, on that? No? Well, let's... Let's give some examples. I mean, how many, I mean, ministries everywhere, but let's talk about deliverance ministries, right? Because in deliverance ministries, I mean, you should be, you know, getting healed. Mm-hmm. Demons cause illnesses. So when yeah. you get delivered, you should be getting healed. So there, Or you could use healing ministries, you know, all these different ministries. But how many ministries are out there that charge money for their services. Mm-hmm. This is the same wickedness that um, Simon had in the in the book of Acts where he was watch he was watching um, Peter and um, the apostles. Yes. performing miracles, laying hands on people and they were receiving the Holy Ghost and Simon says, "Ooh, I'd like to have that." And I think he was asking he was giving wanted to give them money. Yes. Wasn't that it? For for the the gift of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for power. Yeah, because he saw the signs, the miracles and signs that were done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Peter, let me see if I can pull this up here. Yeah, and when Simon saw that through laying on the hands of the apostles, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered the money, 
saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. And Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy, thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which he hath spoken come upon me. That's a perfect example mm-hmm. of, of a person trying to use the power, wanting to use the power and pay for it to elevate themselves type of thing. We have too much of that today. It's like 99% of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, really, think about how many you know ministries are out there that you know, want to charge for a teaching or teach you how to cast out demons. You know, how many preachers and, you know, of mammon elevate themselves as if the power was from their own godliness. Mm-hmm. You see, humility is always the biblical key to recognize a legitimate miracle worker. Humility. It's always the key. Yep. The at, you know, the attribution is always directed to God as the source and the purpose is for glorifying Jesus. It never glorifies man. So no matter how good a ministry looks, how you know, well, they do this and they do that, you have to look, is it biblical? Mm-hmm. Is this what Peter and John were doing? Is this what Paul did? Is this what Christ did? Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. Well, there's this one deliverance ministry. Um, let me, she, you can actually go to her ministry, and it's $150 per person and $150 for resources. And then any extra... Um, um, and I don't know how many days that would be a it's week, maybe. Bucks. Yeah, but if you stay past that day, it's fifty dollars per day after that. Oh my goodness! What's the name of the false it's ministry? It's called uh, Firepower Deliverance Ministry with Stella Emmanuel. And there's a lot of them. That's just one. Yeah, there is a lot of them. So there's a lot of them. Uh, there's one, and okay, I've got to preface this. I've got to be careful here because I know there's people. The sound of my voice that um, really like Bob Larson. He considers himself um, an exorcist. Mm-hmm. He's the DWJD, do what Jesus would do, uh, Spiritual Freedom Church. He says um, that he is the world's foremost expert on cults, the occult, and supernatural phenomena. And he casts out demons. Uh, he's the one that has the, the big Jesus cross and he hits people on the head with it and stuff. But I, I have personal friends who are really into Bob. Mm-hmm. They love Bob Larson. So what I'm about to say is I am not telling you that what he does doesn't work because it's the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that does it. I, yeah. And I'm not telling you that he's not sincere and I'm not telling you that uh, I'm not saying, oh, he's a heretic and I'm not saying he's going to die. I'm not saying any of that. So I got to be careful because there's people who like Bob Larson. I want to point out the fact that he charges money for this stuff Mm -hmm. and he shouldn't. And it's not my opinion. It's not biblical. Mm -mm. It's just not biblical. So that's, that's between God and him on that day, but he shouldn't be charging money. This is a free gift from God. Mm -hmm. 
and to cast out demons and to have people pay you to have to do this. I think it's criminal. That's I I do. I think it's it's criminal. Yeah, it is. So um yeah, that's my opinion on, on Bob. And and let me give you some facts here, okay? Go to his website, boblarson.org. .org. He has all this stuff. When you uh, There's a tab here that says need help, and he talks about encounters. Now, Bob will personally, if he can, come to you and do an encounter. There's nothing there about what price, but there's a number to call to schedule it. He'll do a Skype encounter. He'll do it on Skype. Same thing. There's no pricing, but there's a number to call to get it. He'll do intervention and coaching. Now, on the intervention and coaching, it says um, Bob Larson's spiritual coaching program. Find the person God meant you to be, right? Mm -hmm. Bob Larson has spent 30 years developing the principles of the program to discover what spiritually hinders you. Find out what is keeping you from God's blessings, so once now we have we have a guy who's now elevated himself that he has the secrets to help you figure out what's keeping you from God's blessings. Right. Whereas if you just open up the word of God and you start and talk to God, talk to God, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's happening in your life that That's needs right. to drop off mm-hmm. for free. Discover your spiritual gifts and calling move beyond the cycle of good intentions and broken resolutions. Overcome physical illnesses. Here's the healing bondage and negative behavior and addictions get to the root of your issues know how to break curses and change your life forever now i'm not saying some people don't need more help some people mm-hmm. need help right all i'm complaining about is the money how it works your journey to full spiritual potential begins with your very own personal profile this extensive spiritual diagnose diagnosis will uncover crucial aspects of your life you didn't know before. Bob will personally pray over your profile for revelation about the keys to your freedom and spiritual development. Does that sound biblical? Does that sound right? Mm -mm. A personal profile? No. Plus you're paying for that. Yeah. You're praying for that prayer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those who have taken the program say, in six sessions Six sessions, okay, six sessions. I received more than I did in six years of other kinds of help. I like the accountability. I know Bob will be calling and I need to be ready. The first session was worth the entire investment if I never had another session. How to enroll. The program is $99 a week. Once again, each session by telephone is 25 minutes. So no it's wonder a, the guy said I need to be ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very expensive. It's a hundred bucks for under a half hour. For twenty five minutes, a hundred bucks. Marcos pointed out when you see ninety nine dollars, it's a marketing ploy. It's a hundred dollars. Knock off a dollar and your eye looks at the ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot better than a hundred. It's marketing technique. Then he gives a number to call inquire about it, right? And you can also do this by Skype. So it's a hundred bucks for less than a half hour. That's some pretty good chunk. Well, yeah, especially that first guy that said he had six sessions. That's 600 bucks. Wow. 600 bucks. So. That's wrong. I know people like him. They, I mean, they're really into him. They've, he has books, DVDs, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, we've seen his, you know, videos oh, yeah, and things. And, um, you know, if demons are cast out, 
They're cast out by the power of, of God, mm-hmm. not the vessel. No. That, that's my point. That's what's irking me. It's kind of like Benny Hinn. And the thing is, all Christians have the same authority. Yes. And the Holy Spirit will guide them into all truth mm-hmm. to learn what Brother Larson here wants to teach him for money. Right. Benny Hinn, same thing. Mm-hmm. Does all kinds of theatrics on stage. But I believe there's some people, because of their faith in, in God to heal them, mm-hmm. can get, get healed. Yes. But yeah. it has nothing to do with Benny and his theatrics and, and blowing on people and throwing his coat around. Shame on him. He's, he's a mm-hmm. multimillionaire. Then he's going to answer to God for that. Mm-hmm. You know. But, okay. So, before I get out of Bob, he has an exorcism school. Oh, yes, the schools. It's called the International School of Exorcism. And this is the other thing I have a problem with, is having a school to teach people how to cast out demons. It's in the Bible. It's it's exactly what Peter just did. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give to you freely because it's a gift to me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk amen okay so what he says here on the international school of exorcism students may enroll at one or more levels as follows this is bothersome to me he has three levels and it sounds like almost like masonic ritual the first level is called the apprentice just like you know masonic level is called the apprentice level That includes casting out demons in the Gospels, exorcism in the Apostolic Age, early church exorcisms, post-Constantine exorcism, and it's regular $995 for this course, but it's only $200 with a scholarship. And right now, there's scholarships that are currently available for a limited time that reduce the cost of each level to just $200 each. In addition, available scholarships allow students to enroll in advance in all three levels, normally $600 for just $500, all right? Mm -hmm. The next level that you get to, once you you paid your $200 there, if you use the scholarship, is the warrior level. Now, there he teaches you keys to spiritual warfare, Catholic exorcism, Satan and origin of evil, organization of demons, legal rights, strongholds, and curse breaking. And it's regular $995, but right now we have this on sale with a $200 scholarship. It doesn't sound right. The third level is called the exorcist level. So when you get out of the third level, you're going to get a little certificate, and you're going to be officially an exorcist graduated from the International School of Exorcism. Bob Larson. Yeah. I, I know. Exorcist level. This includes inner healing, multiple personalities, psychology of exorcism, angelic assistance, and how to do an exorcism. That's regular $995, but right now it's only $200 with a scholarship. All three <laughs> levels paid in advance, just a total of 500 bucks. All right? And here's the deal. You can study at your own pace anytime, anywhere. This is all online you don't have to go anywhere all new training bob larson has never taught before this is new stuff Mm. and number three teaching videos available on any um apple or android device or computer all righty yeah now 
Here's what it says. If you can't afford it, what if you can't, what, you know what, I need deliverance. I want to know how to do this stuff and help other people. I want to do what God told me to do and everything, but I can't afford it, Bob. What's your answer if I can't afford it? You know what he says? He says, qualifying applicants may finance these courses using PayPal's bill me later, six month, no interest service. Wow. Thanks. Magnanimous. So anyway, I you know I, maybe I piss some people off right now because they really like Bob, and I apologize for that. But the fact is, he's charging money, and you you tell me, you point to me where in Scripture that you can charge money that it's scripturally, it's biblical to charge money for the gift that God is giving you. Mm-hmm. And Bob's not doing anything special. Every believer is told in Mark 16, <clears throat> yep. 18, that they'll pick up servants, drink poison, and heal cast the sick, and demons. cast out devils, and speak with new tongues. Whether your new translation has that in there or not, because it ends the new translation's in at 8, mm-hmm. which makes no sense at all. It ends in fear. Jesus rose and everybody's afraid. That's where 8 ends. But, um, oh, Okay, if you don't believe in Mark, how about Luke? Mm-hmm. Luke 10. Says the same thing. Gives them power to cast out demons and a whole bit and everything. Heal the sick. Right. There's, when Jesus sent the 70, 70 disciples out in pairs, he didn't say, go to a town, get financing, see mm-hmm. how much they can afford, and they can enter the Jesus School of Nazareth. <laughs> you know, and get their little certificate. Come on! Come on! Are you serious? I know. Well, I have one on Don Dickerman Ministries. Now, now see, I have me, a Don Dickerman book. I read Don I Dickerman's book. But let me just read this little blurb that they have here, because oh, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, it says, There is no cost or fee required for deliverance healing with our ministry. Sounds good so far. That's perfect. However, the average cost to Don Dickerman Ministries is about $300 per deliverance. Per deliverance. It's free, but it does cost us about 300 bucks to do it. And this barely covers our expenses. Barely. So we do ask you to prayerfully support our ministry with a requested donation of $300. This donation covers such items as staff fees, utilities, maintenance, etc. To cast out a demon? Yeah. You need the lights on and and the air conditioning? I mean, I don't get it. Apparently they do. Probably donuts also. Some have chosen to make donations in $25 increments over a 12-month period. That's nice. And we pray you receive your healing and that the Lord will lead you in making a donation. A donation. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I contacted that ministry and say, I need prayer for my toenail, I got fungus on it, blah, 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 and I can't afford anything. I can't make a donation. Would they do it? How much time would they spend with me on my uh, toenail fungus? Exactly. I don't know. And then there's this other one, uh, Tearing Down Stronghold Ministries, and they have like a three-day deliverance conference, and the registration is $50. Yeah. Just to and get in. Just to get in. Now, I was. Um, they have a whole thing here to read, but I wanted to read their, real, their realistic expectations. Oh, okay. So before you <laughs> register... You need to read this. Realistic expectations okay. of the conference. Okay. It says, some may come to this school looking for answers to seeming 
failures in your deliverance ministry in the past. You have cast out demons on some, only to see them remain in bondage. In some cases, walk away from God and the church. Now, also this this um, this school or what this conference, mm-hmm. they are not, they're not saying that it's totally. It is totally teaching you how to do deliverance. It's not actually delivering you from demons. Okay, unless the Holy Ghost. Moves goes in. that direction. Okay. okay. So you could but, be full of demons and come in there and learn yeah. more about. Okay. But it's not to be delivered. It's to, to learn how for, to deliver. For 50 bucks. So the deliverance ministry will not help everyone. Okay. Of course not. Okay. Jesus Let felt me, the same way. He was exactly. like, I, I don't know if I can do it's this a or 50, not. 50 thing. I don't know. Let me say that again. The deliverance ministry will not help everyone, but neither will preaching, teaching, prophesying, or evangelizing. No. You know what I'm saying? It's silly. It's silly to think it would help everybody. We must not expect more from this ministry than we do from any other. Personal responsibility lies with the individual. Okay, Paul? It's it's your responsibility to get healed, delivered. Okay? If there is a lack of faith or trust or sincerity or determination to be free, no amount of desire or effort on our part will compensate for their lack. We must do our best and not allow the enemy to heap condemnation on us if the person is not helped by our efforts. Okay, if I am, <laughs> if I have demons and I'm looking for deliverance, this is not encouraging. No, they've set, they've set the bar so low. Can you imagine? Okay, just take you go that. to the doctor. Yes. Can you imagine? Put that in a, in a medical doctor situation, mm-hmm. and you're going to go to. I'm looking for a good doctor to help me with my, you know, whatever. And this is what he says. Look it. Don't none <laughs> don't of this stuff. To get healed. Don't expect me to do anything to help you with your toenail fungus <laughs> any more than your dentist can help you or your your eye doctor. It's all a failure. Then don't blame us. I am not gonna feel guilty because you didn't um, get medical attention. But give me fifty bucks mm-hmm. and, and we'll I'll get there. I'll get the band aid out and we'll see what's gonna happen. <laughs> now the last one that's a good one. Is Phil Johnson's Bethel Church. The supernatural church. Now, you don't want to go to that oh, one. Oh, Bill Johnson. Yeah. What did yeah. I say? Phil? You said Phil. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Bill Johnson. Anyways, there's a non-refundable ap- application fee of $35. And the tuition is 4550 This is his school of uh, supernatural nonsense? Yeah. For what? Yeah. The tuition is 4550 Plus the app, the non-refundable application fee of $35. Then the expenses that are not covered by your tuition is 3800 What? Yeah. So around seven grand. And if you pay the tuition in full, the first and second year only, you have a $225 discount. Two? That's it? Yeah. So about seven grand, how many uh, years? Well, it says a, a $225 discount is given to all students in the first and second year who pay their full tuition by the first day of registration. The third years are not eligible for this discount. So I don't know how long the school is, but it's pretty expensive. So you go to Bethel, Bill Johnson's Bethel Clown Church in the and supernatural school. You're going to get <laughs> demons. You're going to get impartations. And then um, what are you going to learn about? Gold dust and angel wings and exactly. and how to put people through the fire walk and healing rooms. Oh, my Lord. For $7,000. Yeah. 
where do they get this? Where do they open up the word of God and think that this is okay? I know they justify it just like this other this, clown. There is a scripture. We have lights to put on and we have staff to pay and I got to eat some pizza. <laughs> I mean. Now, you know what? This It is really sad because we, when we went into this deliverance ministry and all that, and we're learning about deliverance, I should say that. Yeah. We were learning about deliverance and we learned it from um, the, um, I forget his first name, but the Hammonds. They oh, did Frank. The, Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. Yes. Pigs in the Parlor. Bless best their best heart. book you can buy. And Wynn Worley and Derek Prince, yes. just to name a few. Yes. You oh, know, they you know, they have um they have done deliverance ministry and they have stayed with the people into hours, hours in the night mm-hmm. for free. So they almost collapsed. Lacked sleep, yeah. lacked food, lacked being with their family. Just to make sure that these people were delivered from their de- those demons. Yeah. When Worley's church They gave was... their life for this ministry. Oh, yeah. To set people free. Yeah. They were rolling like 24-7. They, they were having to train so many people up to do deliverance. That, you know, when Worley's church, because it just exploded with young mm-hmm. people when they learned they can get free from demons. He, he was... He wasn't sleeping for two or three days. Go home and collapse, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. eh, charge any, you don't charge people for doing what God's telling you to mm-hmm. do. And he trained his church, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a school as, you know, they didn't pay no. to learn from him. Mm-mm. They learned by doing, yes. by listening and to him. He preach wrote his and, books and pamphlets, but that was to teach people. Mm-hmm. You have to cover the printing costs. But, you don't but charge he didn't people. charge it. No. 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 We don't charge people to come and get delivered. And these these schools, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Man, I didn't know it was that expensive to go to the supernatural school. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm in the wrong business, man. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. A lot of money to be made. And the Catholics, they have the exorcisms too yeah and they're real expensive yeah yeah well but see those guys are a little different because they get attacked by flies and yeah people their heads turn you around pay for their holy water there's a lot of holy water and that's that's rare that's <laughs> rare to get you can't go to the virgin river here and get that water because that has a mosquito larvae in it the no. whole zika thing yeah. you can't use it okay no i've done it <laughs> all right so to recap we're going to get out of here but to recap what is behind the name of Jesus? The name. Tu anoma. The name and the character. The name, yes. It's that whole power and authority behind Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? Um, and to try to get your head around it, try to think of the authority a policeman has or a judge or you know, a lawmaker, something like that. Because we're used to thinking in titles and offices um, and symbolism rather than in names. Because mm-hmm. the name... You know, Paul doesn't mean anything. Okay. Don't ask, but pronounce. Let's not be, let's not approach the throne of God weak need. You know, let's go mm-hmm. in there knowing who we are in Christ. And you tell these things to get away from your life. You tell that thing to get away from your head. You tell that thing to get away from your finances and your family. Right. You just take control over it. 
And then have that response of faith. You've got to understand mm-hmm. when you pray for other people and stuff, there is a response of faith. There is a supernatural thing that happens. It's a spark that happens. You can't make that work. It's not by you. It either is or it isn't. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why you just can't walk around the street or just go through all the hospitals and just start healing everybody. Right. doesn't work that way. But when you're sensitive to the Spirit, you may be talking to somebody and then the Lord is moving you. It's like, you need to pray for them. Ask them if they yeah. want prayer or mm-hmm. give them money or help them out or say this, this word. And mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how that works. And then you just do and you're exhibiting the character of Christ. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. His representation here on earth. As you're, as his representation on earth, he never calls us to charge people to make money being his representative on earth. It's not biblical. I don't care how nice the guy is and how much you believe in the ministry. It's just not biblical and you can never prove that it is. Mm-hmm. You have a big problem there. A big problem. And the last one is never our own power. It's never about us. It's never to glorify us or to, you know, um, get rich off this, man. Exactly. Um, You know, the thing with deliverance ministry is because it's so dramatic Mm -hmm. and so unique. At least it it was. It's a lot more common now. But, you know, that uh, some of these guys have risen up saying, well, I'm an expert and you need an expert. You know, because regular people are afraid. Yeah. They're afraid to deal with this. Many Christians can't deal with it. No. You know, and I think it's good to go to somebody who knows what they're doing, um, you know, has experience and stuff like that. But you don't pay for this stuff. No. That's, that's just horrible. I think it's criminal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely criminal. And um, I agree. I, I just imagine it makes God sick. I agree. You know. Do we have anything else to add, Ms. Baum? No. No? No. Okay. Well, good night, and we will speak to you later. Ciao, baby.
rock and roll stars heard of spaceships that might come from Mars. Fancy speeches from those leaders of ours heard the teachings of men who still lie. But all I know is Jesus Christ and Him crucified for me. How He loves. 